listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7, and sports. Well, thank you very much for joining us. It is Behind the Stripes. It's Indiana SRN. Thanks for joining us. Brenda Hilton is our co-host. You can reach her at Brenda at OfficiallyHuman.com. My email address is coach at IndianaSRN.org. You can follow us on Twitter at IndianaSRN. Reached out to him through a mutual friend, and he has been kind enough to help help me along this journey of trying to humanize sport officials. So, Dean, welcome, and thank you so, so much for helping us out and, and talking about kind of the treatment and the recruitment and retention of officials across the board at all levels. So thanks for coming on. Oh, of course. And thank you for having me. Dean, thanks very much for joining us. As uh, I officiated for 25 plus years in the high school and college ranks, the game has changed since I've been out of it. Now a broadcaster looking at the game differently Tell you, our fans that how did you get started and what got you in, so interested in officiating? Yeah, for me, I, I took somewhat of an unconventional route. I I had played sports my entire life. I loved I loved football, and uh, when I when I graduated from from college, I, I wanted to stay involved with sports. And the NFL was always I was always a big NFL fan, and I just sent my resume to the NFL and not knowing what opportunities were available and, and ended up getting a call and interviewing for a couple of internships and um, got an internship in the officiating department. And, and it wasn't something that I was exposed to at a, at a younger age. I, it wasn't something I, I was necessarily interested in at that point, but I wanted to, to get my foot in the door at the NFL. And, and, uh, and I learned officiating through that internship and they, they hired me full time in an assistant position, and uh, I spent. Um, I ended up spending 20 years with the NFL in various roles in the officiating department. Was a replay official for se- several years, and and grew to 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 learn and love officiating, and uh, and it became a, a passion of mine. So, so Dean, um, correct me if I'm wrong. You you were never on the the field officiating you were kind of behind the scenes yeah I was never an on-field official I was a replay official so I was up in the replay booth and okay. uh, and did and did replay and then I was in the office and uh, and worked various roles in the office talk a Perfect. little okay talk a little bit about replay officials uh if you will uh, and then we'll get in the meat and potatoes of this but a lot of people think that you just show up on Sunday you're but you put in a booth with this whole bunch of buffet food, and once in a while they buzz you to to. But there's a long time process. To walk through Saturday evening all the way to game day. Yeah, so you know the replay officials are part of the officiating crew. They travel together. They they whether it's college or NFL, they get to the the game site typically the day before. There's a pregame meeting that they all go through They're They've been preparing all week. They've had video conferences, conference calls, a lot of video work. And then, and then they have that pregame meeting the, uh, the day before their game, they get to the game site, typically three hours before game um, kickoff. We'll go through a whole bunch of um, just checks with systems and communication equipment and, 
and everything else. And then the game starts and, and for replay, it's every play of every game. They're like you said, they're not just sitting there waiting to get buzzed. They're actually reviewing something on every play and they're responsible for like an on-field official, maybe a side judge or an umpire has their responsibilities and, and it doesn't involve all 22 players. Well, replay um, has to deal with situations and, and, and areas that are going to, are going to be, um, you know, deal with all 22 players. And, and so they're, they have to be in the game, every play reviewing something. Um, in many instances, they're responsible for stopping the game to, uh, to change a call. And, uh, and so that's, if there's 170 plays during the game, they're doing that 170 times and, and it can be, uh, it can be mentally and physically exhausting at times. You know, Dean, that's this, that's one of the goals of the these various podcasts is bringing guests like you on to kind of educate people a little bit more that don't necessarily know that there's 170, an average of 170 stoppages in a game. And what else are you seeing as far as when when those re, just say replay officials um, after the games, do they go back and are they watching film so it doesn't end at, as the game ends? Yeah, it, it doesn't end. So they're doing, you know, 170 plays per game. Maybe there's four or five stoppages, but they're making decisions on every play. And after the game, they're they're going to evaluate their own performance. They get a copy of the game film, and uh, and they have to they have to submit a report on everything that they did during that game. That's going to be evaluated by their their supervisor, coordinator, whoever it is at the conference level or at the NFL level. And uh, and then they're they're looking at plays that maybe there was something somebody brought up a play. Hey, remember that play in the third quarter, that catch at the sideline? What did you think about that one? So the crew will get together as a group, typically Monday or Tuesday during the week, and go through a video conference um, about the game and different play situations. And uh, and then they'll then they'll start preparing for their upcoming game and start looking at game film of the two teams, the two schools that they're gonna they're going to officiate the uh, the next week. You're listening to Behind the Stripes on Indiana SRN. Um, that's that that's one of the things that just attracted to me too. Uh, the officiating world in general was all this preparation. And I love to hear the stories of people that started in this 25, 35 years ago and how it truly was just, yeah, you kind of show up at the game, you'd read the rule book in the summertime, but it just keeps expanding. These rules keep expanding. And, and so does the expectation from the fan perspective. So we know there's a, we know there's a crisis in the in the lower levels for sure, and probably moving into the Division three level. Do you think that there's a a, a crisis looming at, at the pro level? You know, it, eventually it will trickle up to the pro level. I, I don't think you're, I don't think we're ever going to have a a dearth of of available officials at the professional level, um, right? Because just everything kind of the the pyramid starts to you know, get more narrow at the top and you don't need as many officials. But I do think the quality will decrease if we don't continue to feed that pipeline at the grassroots level with with quality people, people that are that are going to, um, you know, take this seriously. Um, what we're trying to do is create this this pipeline. It's you know, we're looking at a, an inclusive pipeline that is going to you know, of younger people that are that we can expose to officiating, get them interested, mentor them, 
and uh, and help them along the way. And I think if if less and less people get get involved in officiating at that grassroots level, I think eventually we'll have we'll have issues at the professional level. Mm-hmm. My question, mm-hmm. Dean, then for you is that there are some young officials that are refereeing uh, varsity basketball, for example, in the state of Indiana may only want to work one year of varsity basketball because they think they're good enough to do the college yeah. level. Don't we need to stay, keep those um, af- uh, officials maybe grounded for at least two years or it, it, are there, are there, are there some guys out there that's ready for the game? Cause when I was in the game, you stayed a little bit because one, you don't know what you're going to see. That's that you, that's going to throw you off. And two, it, there was that approach of you have to work to get to where you want to be. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And it's, it's really, it's a dilemma because you do have, you do have a younger generation that um, maybe has a harder time understanding that, that you have to maybe stay working before you move up to the next level. You've got to stay at this level for four or five years versus just doing one season. Um, I think experience, you can't, there's no substitute for experience. I think maybe some people you see somebody and they just have it and you, you, you maybe want to fast track that person. But for the most part, I think that's the challenge is that, Hey, getting these, these younger people to understand that, that you don't know everything. You've got to spend a couple of years here at this level. Um, But the, the, the other, the flip side of that is sometimes we get, we get younger people that get involved and because maybe some of the more experienced officials, you know, they don't want to give up the better games. They mm-hmm. don't want to, you know, move these younger officials yep. along and these younger officials kind of get stuck and they have nowhere to go. So, so it is a balance and we've got to try to, again, we've got to try to create this healthy pipeline that is continuing to flow upward um, but it's 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 kind of doing it in in the right way, and that's that's a big challenge. That makes a good point of Brenda. You know, Brenda, because 25 years ago, I walked to my games. I didn't, there was no cars. You had to walk to your games. Uh, now you know, now there's automobiles that can get to the officials to the games. So uh, thanks for uh, <laughs> uh, pointing out the old officials of 25 years or older. Thank you so much for that comment. Well, that, that sounds. I mean, there were cars 25 years ago. Though. Don't think we're going that far. Not, not as dependable <laughs> yeah. as this car that I have now. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Dean, how do you how do you see the landscape of officiating changing at at all levels? And and what can what message can we get to people listening on how to help with that landscape change? Yeah, I think we're just seeing um, the scrutiny just continues to increase. Um, certainly at the professional level, at the major college level, it's, it's intense. I think officials, I think officials, when they get to that level, they understand that and they're more prepared for it. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's no less of a challenge, but I also think at the lower levels, if you have a young person that's officiating for the first time and they have a bad experience with an adult, you know, a parent, a coach, typically it's, it's the parents that tend to give you know, when you, when you, when you see these, you see these surveys that officials, you know, um, take part in and, and the parents are typically the ones that are giving the, the officials the hardest time at these youth games. And, uh, and they don't want to continue because they have a bad experience. Maybe they don't have someone that can help them walk them through that bad experience. 
And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's, I think that's part of the challenge. And I think what we see at the professional level, when we hear, and we work at Fox sports, we work with our talent very closely to, you know, be mindful of how you talk about the officials. You that's, it's fine to disagree with a call. It's, it, it's fine to give your opinion, but if you do it in a disrespectful or mean spirited way, people are watching and they will they that they will take that with them to their next experience with it with a with an official. And that creates an environment that is really, really difficult for, for officials to work in. And, and that's that's part of the problem. You know, Dean, mm-hmm. you bring up a great point because Indiana SRN, where you're on this station, and we, we do over hundreds of games a year on web TV and internet radio. And one of the things that I have taught our young men who are broadcasting is put yourself in that official's position and would you want to be, you know, chastised? The answer is no. So think about what you're going to say because words do hurt and then people will remember what you said. And and that's not a good thing to do for our game because that, that's going to hurt our game if we keep on down, you know, downing these officials. Yeah, it, it just undermines the credibility of those game officials and and. And I always say that officials are, are, they are integral to all of sports, you know, especially at the youth level without game officials. And we're seeing participation levels um, start to decrease without those game officials. These kids can't play games. And that's, and that's concerning. We're approaching Mm -hmm. halftime. When we come back a lot more from Dean, stay with us. It is behind the stripes on Indiana SRN. It's halftime at the Behind the Stripes podcast, powered by Indiana SRN, underwritten by the IHSAA and the Indiana Officials Association. If you would like to be a part of our sponsorship, please contact us at info at indianasrn.org. We want to hear from you. Contact Keith Myers at coach at indianasrn.org or Brenda at brenda at officiallyhuman.com. Now let's join Keith for the second half of Behind the Stripes, powered by Indiana SRN. Do you want to hear your favorite team on IndianaSRN.org? It's easy to do. I'm calling all the play-by-play and colored commentary. High school sports along with you sport, Mr. Wizard is waiting for your call. Contact him at 317-443-0052. We're ready for every touchdown, basket, and goal. Contact Mr. Wizard, 317-443-0052. Becoming a licensed sports official is a great way to make a positive difference in the community and support the over 160,000 Indiana student-athletes that participate across 21 IHSAA sports. Sports officiating allows you to stay connected to the game, become a role model for our young student-athletes, earn extra money, and support the patrons and communities of our IHSAA member schools. To learn more about becoming a licensed IHSAA official, log on to IHSAA.org officials today. You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7, and sports. Back with the second half of Behind the Stripes, Keith Myers, Brenda Hilton. Brenda, so far so good. Uh, I've only made one mistake, and I've done pretty well so far today. (laughs) Well, yes, but we still have a half a show left. (laughs) Thank you. Plenty of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Dean, what are the areas of officiating you kind of see suffering most? We talked about the the landscape, but 
you know, is it the treatment? Is it the physical fitness? Is it the aging of the officials? What are you, what are you seeing? Well, certainly the treatment, like we talked about, I think the scrutiny that that is that is concerning. Um, I think from a from a physical fitness uh, look, officiating is better today than it's ever been. Um, the 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 access to video, the, the training resources, um, the teaching. Uh, physical fitness, what we know about physical fitness, how we take care of our bodies, diet and exercise. It is so much better than it was, you know, when I first got into it in, in the mid nineties. And, um, but I do think we are, we are seeing, um, you know, there is an aging population uh, and, and we haven't seen the same influx of younger officials coming in and again, to create that healthy pipeline. Um, but but ultimately, you know, for me, still the biggest thing, and I know that's something that you're passionate about with with officially human is is that treatment and how how can we continue to educate people and communicate that these are human beings and they're just like you and me and they're going to make mistakes and nobody feels worse about a mistake than they do mm-hmm. and versus. Um, it's almost as if we we forget when we get into this mode of criticizing them, and uh, and I think that that makes that makes the profession that much harder. Yeah, and, and and that much harder to even stay in. And one of the things that we talked about a little bit today was the the replay. Do you see that valuable at the lower levels, or is it more detrimental to the game at at those lower levels? I'm talking about high school. Sure, sure. You know, some high schools, you look at high schools in, in Texas and Alabama are using replay for football. I I think it could be it could be a positive if it's limited. Um, again, with replay, it's always been where do you, you know, kind of where do you draw the line? How once you once you open it up and we've learned this at the college level and at the NFL level, it's very hard to to write, put the toothpaste back in the, back in the tube. It's mm-hmm. just, so you have, you have still high school kids. Um, obviously these, you know, these games do mean a lot when you get into state playoffs and all of that, but they're still kids. And, you know, is it that critical that we have replay systems that are, that are ultimately, once you implement a replay system, people are going to expect that every call is going to be right. And we know that's impossible. So, I think it could be a positive if it's limited and uh, and we make sure that we don't, you know, we don't start to go down a path where every call is, is reviewed. So, Dean, I have a yeah. question for you. Your stand-up comedian act, because I know you were a stand-up, does that, has yeah. that, did that help you during your officiating replay days? Uh, because you have to have a sense of humor because we all make mistakes. Uh, does that, those backgrounds that, that helps, right? I mean, the background of these guys, men and women have really helped during the game, whatever they might do, uh, for a real job. No question. Um, my, you know, my background having done stand up has helped me tremendously, whether it's public speaking, whether it's dealing with, you know, coaches that are usually upset when they, when they communicate with you. And, uh, and that's something when, when you're looking at potential officials, you're not just looking at their, their on-field performance. One of the major things I, I will, you know, honestly, you know, for me, and I know a lot of people that were in my position would feel the same way. 
you know, I would take somebody that is an excellent communicator that maybe is, isn't as good an official versus somebody that's a really good official, but a really bad communicator, uh, you know, poor communicator, because you're dealing with people, you're dealing with players and coaches. And, and a lot of times you're, you know, you have to diffuse the situation, not escalate it. You, you know, they're, they're, they're like first responders on the football field mm-hmm. and, and the communication is so, so important. Um, and, and yes, the background that the officials come from, you know, if they have if typically, you know, if they've been successful in other professions and they've got good communication skills, that's going to translate to, to how, how successful they are as, as a game official. And, and, and so as part of that, that hiring process, you look at all of those things, not just their calls on the field. How do they interact with people? What type of personality are they going to be a good crewmate? Um, all of those things. And, and that could, that, that's the total package you look at, you know, cause my standup helps me a lot because I just blamed it on the other guy. Cause I didn't see it. So I just blamed it on the other guy and the coach <laughs> usually stayed off my back Dean. So I yeah, kind of liked yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Dean, it was a, when, when it was a joke, Brenda, those are jokes. <laughs> it was a joke. No one laughed at it. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep that on the real because no one it laughed was at good. it. I have a, I have a, I have a three bad joke max. Oh, okay. So great. You, if you, you got two more. Okay. Great. <laughs> Thanks Dean. I appreciate it. One of, one of the things Dean that I've always witnessed off the courts and fields when in the 20 years I've spent in, in officiating is exactly that watching how men and women interact with each other and their crews and football. I didn't know nearly as much about um, when I came to the big 10, but since then I've really embraced what you guys have all done and taught me because that, that whole interaction and being a good teammate, that's so important in that world. It is. And that's the thing people forget, you know, it is a team out there. There's a crew of officials that are going to travel together and, and they're not just together for that three hours on the football field. They're together Friday night, maybe Friday, Saturday, Sunday into Monday, you know, so Mm -hmm. they're, they're eating together. They're having pregame meetings. They're communicating during the week. And if you have a, if you have a relationship that isn't working on that crew, that can, that can then kind of, carry over to the on-field performance. And that's why that the way people communicate and, and you have to monitor those things and, and, and match up personalities and try to make sure you, you have a, a, a team that's going to function well and communicate well. You make, you know, yeah. you make a great point because I know on Friday nights uh, when we do our game and our, we do our preparation, we go down and, and we talk to the officials and the, the white hat usually brings everybody in, together so everybody hears the same communication and under and they have an input of the game i think that's the really kind of cool because when you bring your yeah. whole crew in and especially if they understand what's going on during a media timeout or injury that's so important because you can officiate so well off the ball during those timeouts more than when the game is being played yeah that, that's so important and again every coach i've ever talked to and I've had thousands and thousands of interactions with, with coaches. Um, what gets them more frustrated than a missed call is, is poor communication, not, not being able, not getting a, an answer when, when, when something comes up, you know, when, when you're, maybe you're not involved in the actual call, but if you go over to the coach and help walk that coach through that situation, okay, coach, here's what happened. 
Um, you know, if there's a replay review, hey, if we overturn this, this is where the ball's going to go. This is what's going to happen with the clock. So, so you're really you're you're looking, you know, at that crew concept that that they're all working together. And maybe I'm not involved in that call right at that moment, but there's things that I can do to help the crew be successful. And that's what you're looking for. And I think too, when, when these crews are together, the, the, another thing I've learned is disagree in the locker room on the, you know, what happened on the field. But when you walk out of that locker room, you are in lockstep because you cannot create additional chaos with with a call that was made. No question. And, and there are, it's just like any other, any other team, any other family, there are going to be disagreements. It, it happens. But I think you, you kind of keep that in, you keep that in the locker room or you keep that within the crew. And then, and then you make sure that when you do leave the locker room, you are, you, you are united and, and, and everybody's working together. My last question for you, Dean, there might be some young officials out here that are, want to start officiating. Uh, walk through a step of um, uh, maybe official, maybe 18, just graduated high school. What should his steps or what should her steps be uh, until uh, she um, gets ready for maybe college or the next level? What, what, is, what are those steps would you recommend a young official? Yeah, I think you, you know, as you're working in high school, you, you contact your local high school association, you get involved with that association, you start to work games. And I think that's probably, you know, unlike other sports where like baseball, there's umpiring schools and there's other, there's other avenues in, in football, it's not as structured. And, and ultimately a lot of times it's, it's who, who you're exposed to, you know, do you, do you have somebody at the college level that, that can help you along the way? So it's in your area, um, wherever, wherever that young official is, it's, it's contacting the college officiating coordinator, um, for that, you know, or for that region. If you live, you know, if you live in Indiana and there, you know, that's, that's big 10 country, mid American, um, you know, those types of things. So you contact that, that officiating you know, that conference, find out who the officiating coordinator is, send them an email, send them a note and, uh, and get on their radar. So, so that's, I think that's the, the best way to do it. What we're working on, you know, from an NCA perspective, is there, is there a way we can create a portal where, you know, it's, it's, you can go on, you know, a website and, and put in an application and then we can kind of work from there with, you know, where that official lives. But th that's kind of the, that's the roadmap making that jump from from high school to college. And and to that to add to that, Dean, correct me if I'm wrong. Patience and time. You got to give. You got to be patient to work through the process. It, it is. It, it is. You know, we do. You know, we all want that instant gratification at times. And 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 I know it's hard. Um, and we're not saying it's changed. It's changed from 25 years ago. You don't need to spend. 20 years in high school football before you get to college everybody understands that, right. that that pipeline has to keep moving. And so it's better than it, than it was 20 years ago, but there is a, you know, there is a maturation process. There is a, an experience that you have to gain. It's not going to happen overnight, but, but if you put in the work, it, uh, it will happen for you. Dean, yeah. thank you so much for joining us today. You know, uh, Brenda and I, we, we, we have our pregame, we have our exorcism, and we, we're, we're just a solid team, and 
We really appreciate it. Brenda carries the load. No, actually, it's Tim that carries the load. We just, you know, we're just the stars. But, hey, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate your hard work, and I know that you're a very busy guy. When you come to Indianapolis, please look us up. And and you never know, we might want to hang out together. I could probably teach you some old tricks of my officiating days. There you go. Yes, thank you for having me, and I look forward to that uh, when we can travel and, and, and see everybody in person. I'd love it. Yeah, thanks so much, Dean. So, Brenda, we'll see each other next week at its uh, same time uh, next week. We appreciate it, and we thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions about Behind the Stripes, you can reach us, uh, Brenda at Brenda at OfficiallyHuman.com or myself, Coach, at Indiana SRN. Until next time, goodbye, everybody. A show that supports our officials, athletic directors, coaches, players, and fans by bringing attention to good sportsmanship, strong leadership, selfless teamwork, and respect for others on and off the playing field. Thank you for listening to Behind the Stripes. Powered by Indiana SRN. Do you want to hear your favorite team on indianasrn.org? It's easy to do. Calling all the play-by-play and colored commentary. High school sports, along with U Sport, Mr. Wizard is waiting for your call. Contact him at 317-443-0052. We're ready for every touchdown, basket, and goal. Contact Mr. Wizard, 317-443-0052. You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7, and sports.